Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. Hi, Sue Rose Minahan. September 22nd, 2018. Today's have a duality of archetypes. The true essence, perhaps, of the equinox, because at this very moment, we're at the very tail end of Virgo, which in the horoscope lies underneath the horizon, finishing our exact best to our ability capacity of refining perfected self. And at the equinox, which enters Libra, which is the seventh house in the, of the 12, which rises above the horizon. That's where the sun sets and the sun at the angles. This is somewhat terminology, but I'm leading forward. It, it joins the full self with the other person. And in relationships, it can be relationships with anything. It can be me and thee, you know, on the scales. That's the, the symbol of it. And it is with the concept that Libra wants to find an equal complement to themselves, to, to whatever they have, so that there can be a partnership. This partnership can be in business. It can be definitely in relationships, and most frequently it is a relationship, and most frequ- many times, not most frequently, but commonly people think of it in terms of their uh, romantic person. The, that whole quadrant, and it will be uh, important today as we progress in our thinking, that uh, Scorpio is the next relationship sign, because Venus, the talk for today, which, I'll, which will center some of our conversation, is Libra, the vernal equinox, equal light. Venus enters, and Venus at this moment is in Scorpio for the next sign. So that's why I brought that up. The equal light, that is essential. It is that moment. Equality is like a teeter-totter. It's only going to be there when it lasts. But there's a product of that. And the product is the seasons because of the nature of our, of the globe, Gaia, Earth. Gaia is the spiritual cons- name for not just spiritual, but the goddess that Earth is, is tilted. And so the axis, as it orbits, the light is altered. And on the equinox, which happens twice a year in the fall, This is the vernal one in the fall and the spring, which was in March. And, of course, we're talking about above the equator and below the equator because down below, it's totally on the opposite. It's having spring down there, but we are centered at the moment with the north of the equator, so we're going to the fall, but it's still called the vernal equinox. And the light is equal. A point, and that moment is going to be at the end of the hour, like six. We're in Seattle, Washington. This is 
PDT, that D stands for Daylight Savings Time, and it's at 654, I have this, 06 p.m. So at that point, so today we will be announcing our Libra archetype. There are many, many myths about Venus, who is so important. In fact, she, like Mercury, rules two signs, Taurus and Venus. And my guest today is well-versed in mythology, and we will proceed with that in a moment. So I will introduce now Wendy Wyrot. She's an astrologer of traditional shamanic spiritual archetypal astrology, teaches, consults internationally, feng shui practitioner, reiki, master ordained minister, energy healing, IET, which is angel healing, Chinese five element face reading, hypnotherapy, custom flower essence blends. In fact, we've had now three individuals with flowers. We had Peter Tauschert last week, and we had Sarah Stromley the week before. And for those of you that are still intrigued with Virgo and want to listen to the archives, please go to talkcosmos.com because it says past episodes. In fact, today's talk, if you didn't catch it all or want to, you can hear Wendy and myself later. And Wendy also travels sacred world sites, studying Kabbalah, hermetic philosophy, ancient history, and mythology. So it's a real pleasure. Hello. Hello, Wendy. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yes. Let's begin with Venus. Let's talk about mythology of Venus. And I might just instantly begin with the idea and, and graduate and spur from that however you desire. Sure. But one of the very foremost is the attraction between Venus and Eris, which is Mars. And for the rest of you, there are many times different names for the same goddess energy or god energy. So Eris, who rules, which is Mars, ruling Aries. And they both have desire, but as we had chatted earlier, Eris, then that's Aries, not because there is an Eris, E-R-I-S, that's a different goddess, but let's stick to basics. This is Mars, we'll just call him Mars. Mars uh, desires action, and Venus attracts what she desires, and so they were greatly attracted, and there's great legends with that, and they birthed Eros, which is Cupid, which is love. Because Libra, you know, Venus, and, and then I'll, I had meant, meant to mention this, so with this, uh, I'm eager to hear what you have to say. But Venus brings in, through Taurus, of course, life. And then with Libra, the love. The lo- well, both have love of life, but that's truly the sign- a big significance of Venus. So uh, with Cupid, it really gives ability for people to channel all of our chakras, you know, the bottom three, there's seven in the body, with Mm -hmm. the upper through through the heart. Yes, I'm just thinking about the 
love relationship between Venus and Mars. And when you mentioned that, it made me think about the fact that they each rule one of the equinoxes, if you think about it. I hadn't thought about that till just now. So in the springtime, at the zero degree Aries point, when the sun enters zero degrees Aries, that Aries is ruled by the planet Mars. And so the spring, the energy of those shoots pushing up determinedly through the dirt and coming up to the light and blossoming and blooming, that's that pushing energy. It's like the pioneer energy of Mars searching and searching. And and, um, I think about how Mars goes after what he wants and is like an arrow. And then we can think about Venus who rules Libra in traditional astrology in the fall. So she rules the sign of Libra, which is all about beauty and love. And so she's about attraction, getting what she wants through attraction, where Mars is about getting what he wants through going out and getting it. Yes. We were talking about that right before we started. There is. It's very many ways of expressing it, yin and yang. Of course, they're both yang signs as far as that, because there is that um, outward uh, or that action, the, the cardinal. Right. They're both cardinal and again, for astrologers, there are modalities, and it's very important, you know, with all these, uh, whether it's a cardinal sign, which is the beginning of the quadrant, and then it, it has a fixed sign, because energy is action, and then it fixates, and then it mutables, and then it goes back to action, and then there's a beautiful dialogue that way. No, it's so true. The angles really do as as in astrology, create a lot of action. I mean, they create because, mm-hmm. the, well, we could get really involved with astrology, so I'm thinking, well, maybe we better get back to Venus. <laughs> 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 well, because I'm thinking yes, of, the, of the solstices is where the light suddenly shifts to a lot of light or no light, and those mm-hmm. are the parental. Whereas the equality, back to Mars and Venus, mm-hmm. is really in those relationships of, of self versus the other, mm-hmm. of finding that equal balance, which, as we all know, like a teeter-totter really doesn't exist, just like in light. It creates something else, but it is a good exchange to yeah. have that basis. Like, we, we hope to work toward an equal and balanced relationships and fairness in partnerships and and it's, I think it's a lifelong task, and we're always refining and working toward that. And I think that feels like the, the feeling of the scales of Libra, that we're always adjusting and trying, um, hopefully trying to behave with more integrity as we um, work on refining. And if, if we're in the mood to do so, those of us that want to work on ourselves, we're trying to behave with more integrity in our relationships. And well, so we're, it's a delicate balancing act that I certainly don't always uh, uh, achieve. <laughs> well, you've been maybe, without saying that, it's so human to be right. overly critical. Right, right. But the point is, is that really there's only two choices. Either you choose or you don't choose, and that's a choice. Yeah. With everything. Mm-hmm. And Libra totally understands this. I have a Libra moon. I, oh totally recognize what Libra, mm-hmm. how it operates, and that it does come back to within. You know, it's not, it, they're so concerned with the other that it's easy to project out mm-hmm. and consider that someone else is responsible, but really mm-hmm. there's no control over that. So it always mirrors back to oneself, and life is that relationship that we, in a sense, through 
our values, which gets back to Taurus, the other uh, domain of rulership of, of Venus, we, we, with our integrity, we align ourselves with certain values, which also for this particular equinox chart is vital to work on. I think, well, I heard a talk, Ryan Evans, and on Facebook there's an EA astrology group. EA is evolutionary astrology, which, and that's for soul growth, which appeals to me greatly more than just forecasting. It's really to, on a personal level, to develop ourselves and understand life our relationship with the cosmos as it reflects to us. So Evans, Ryan Evans was talking about Scorpio because Venus is in Scorpio right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm bringing this up. That's mm-hmm. why, that wasn't why he was talking. Mm-hmm. But he was saying that it always goes back to the prior archetype, how it's been developed. Mm-hmm. And so in speaking, because they're both relationships, you know, they're both very involved, whereas and he was saying that it's so important just what you were saying to, I mean, I think this supports the idea that it's not just perhaps how we feel, but it's a necessity if we want to grow to do mm-hmm. some evaluation or, or just experience relationships and figure out our part in it. Because otherwise, that balance in, in Libra that we're able to ideally recognize whether that the other partner or other person is really of use or merit or uh, cooperates with us on on terms that satisfy some degree nothing's perfect we have to realize but you know it's a general theme that in that case when you go up to the next archetype of Scorpio that's when you unite into mm-hmm. marriage, into the business. The serious, the serious yes. commitment, yes. And if it's not equal, if you don't have someone that, in other words, if you've made sacrifice and greatly dis, uh, sold yourself out, thank you, <laughs> then, <laughs> oh boy, revenge. Then it's the upset, you know, of, this, of the The classic. stinger of the scorpion. <laughs> yeah, and right now this does have significance because venus is in scorpio Mm -hmm. and it's so important because um as we um turn into this fall equinox which happens at um 654 tonight um that chart for that moment when the sun is exactly at zero degrees libra that chart sets the tone for the world for the next three months and because venus rules libra she's especially important in this chart of the of the next three months, I mean, yeah, Venus rules Libra, and Venus is in Scorpio right now. Since the Sun and Mercury are conjunct in Libra, and Mercury is talking and thinking and communicating, we're, and then the Sun, it's it's our soul and it's you know our identity. We're all going to be talking and thinking about relationships, and uh, with Venus in Scorpio, it makes me feel like we'll be analyzing them and having intense emotions about relationships. Absolutely. It, this is true. So to di- just to expand on this, because it's a valid, really essential, Mars 
I mean, the whole chart is what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. from there, I'll springboard out mm-hmm. and say that Venus and Mars right now are what we call in conflict of tension. Tensions, in other words, instead of conflict, wanting or needing in these energies because of their mathematical, uh, we call it square, but the viewpoint from Earth as the planets are out in the in the cosmos and these planets orbit that's I mean essential to remember and so their relationship it's a relationship shifts you know from being in a at the same degree in the same sign which they all will do at some point to to going to a 90 degree angle of conflict and then it an opposition, which happened earlier this year. And so this is the final square mm-hmm. of tension. So this really uh, emphasizes the value, the the importance of what, how you're bringing up just a Venus in this chart. And in Scorpio, I feel, well, it's evident just through the news, she has a lot to say. I mean, whether, however it comes However, it resolves with the judicial choice. There are is article after article in the newspaper explaining about further about the Me Too movement, which is bringing mm-hmm. light of a dis, dysfunctions. You know, there's in life. It, there's there's reason why we need soul growth, right? Right. <laughs> you know, it's a process. Or it's the slow learner's pain. Yeah, <laughs> and so. Um, and besides, the Earth isn't, all the populations are not at the same level. You know, we have practically all the e- eons of time at our fingerprints mm-hmm. I mean, of, of different groups of people. And we're trying to merge into this whatever li- world we have. So the point being that uh, it's, it's, it's not necessarily the total, the, 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 Goal to have equality is there and, and balance, as you say, because ruling Libra, of course, it wants that that balance, that equal business so yes. we can go forward. Mm-hmm. But because of the inequities and being in Scorpio, there's a lot of, as you say, deep emotion because it's become entangled, to use Ryan Evans' word. I love that mm-hmm. word, entangled. Oh, yes. You know, it reminds me of all these other mythologies of anyway, entangled, and to try to extract that, sometimes it's surgical, you know, or ripped, mm-hmm. it's messy. Yes, and um, our deep, intense emotions are being stirred up, whether they're of disempowerment or rage over past disempowerments or fear from memories of past dif- disempowerments. Everything's getting stirred up, and um, Venus and Mars what we value and and how we attract is in a dynamic tension with Mars right now, which is what, how we go after what we want. And even though, even though it's a square, so it's a tense aspect, but without tension, there's no growth. So it's another learning experience. And we're grateful for those. Otherwise we wouldn't even have incarnated on earth to, to learn things. So again, beautiful (laughs) is, Maybe a very good Libra word to use, <laughs> but it's so true. That was the other element of that speech that I heard because he defined it. Things that I might know, but and I'll bring his name up again. Ryan Evans was saying that the difference is 
with Scorpio is that if there's fear of of life, that's one uh, attitude rather than the celebration of life. Mm-hmm. So having that gratitude and the celebration of life is the healing because there mm-hmm. can be loss and betrayal. I have heard of unfortunate recent situations that, of a, an individual who, and I'll say this in all sacredness, lost both of her sons, the second ranking just a few days ago mm-hmm. um, at 28. And she had them at 40. So it, it really spelled out the harsh um, experiences that a person in their own path of, because we were speaking of shamanic things, and shamanic is really that that's unseen. You know, like it may be dark, and it doesn't mean dark like a judgment, but unseen, mysterious or hidden, or things we want to dig deep and, and learn about or discover or solve. Right. And which you do a great deal. Getting to this chart, because that will add to our conversation, Mm -hmm. because I also looked up other times in the centuries where some of these configurations were as close as I could get, because nothing's exact. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So looking at this chart, which we both have, and this Mm -hmm. is the equinox chart near the end of the hour at 654.06, uh, you know, we do have, as we had said, Mars in tension with Venus, which is a continuation of trying to figure out these parts within ourselves and in mm-hmm. society with the nodes that are, and but the important part, and the nodes are lunar points. And they're, uh, so, but what's really important is Venus, who rules is opposite Uranus in Taurus, and Venus is the ruler. Oh, yes, and and Uranus is change, sudden change, a bolt from the blue, could even be an earthquake, heaven forbid. Has been. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and it's signified by earth and sky, the Mm -hmm. union. And, of course, Venus was birthed from Uranus. And I was looking at a lot of the, the mythologies and so often, it's this whole oh boy dialogue of the feminine with with the masculine. Well, let's just leave it at that without detail at the moment, uh, because I, as I had mentioned, we have only a few minutes before the break because there's many points here to mm-hmm. grab and mm-hmm. go on with. But in history, and what I pulled up was, okay, first of all, has to be, uh, pardon the awe there, but it has to be where Uranus is in Taurus with the ruler, Venus, in Scorpio. That was paramount. Then I had Mars in Aquarius because those, you know, Venus and mm-hmm. which is existing, there were like 20 different times since zero AD to now. Wow. Which was amazing. And and a cycle because of when it mm-hmm. entered and when it exited, which would be several months. And then I took the, but unfortunately there was nothing with Pluto. Pluto is the transformation. So I did Cardinal because mm-hmm. right now 
it's in a Cap- cardinal sign. Right, yeah. Capricorn. And there were quite a few of cardinal. Mm. And then I took the nodes, and there wasn't anything with Leo or Aquarius, so I just said fixed. Okay, yeah. You know, try to get that energy. Yeah. So there were three that I grabbed. One of them was back in 850, October, 850 to November. So that happened to to be historically significant with some wars in Europe. One was the Orange War, which, you know, knowing history, it's Hmm. like, gee, a little familiar, but was when England was invaded. You know, England doesn't get invaded very often. Not anymore. <laughs> no, it doesn't really. But and the Vikings back in the day, well, that was right? That too. The Vikings, thank and you. The Saxons, and the Saxons and the Normans. That's when they started. They mm-hmm. came down. Mm. And also there was when King James II said, no more parliament in mm-hmm. England. So it had political energies there. Mm-hmm. Then it was 1687 when 1687, well, Newton came up with Principia. Oh, wow. And the year before he came A very up, pivotal time. Exactly. For, for understanding the, mm-hmm. the universe. For the whole collective culture, I mean. Yes. Yeah. I don't mean to stop you. But no, yes. you're good. No, yeah. we're excited. And <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And it also, the year before in 86, brought up, I have this written down, and I didn't write it necessarily on my chart. Was that I when it was done. the Great Fire of England in 86? No, I don't it know was for also sure. Newton, okay. who came up with his others that was saying that essentially what has been the hermetic principle as above is below, that the natures of the universe relate to the natures on Earth. Mm. Which is and Newton was an alchemist. A lot of people don't know that, but he did more alchemy than um, science. Yes, he really used that as a base. That's mm-hmm. so true. And this does return to the energies. I mean, Venus is very strongly related to its opposition in Uranus in in Taurus, which has mm-hmm. began in, which will be for seven years, and that orbital cycle started in May, and it's very slow. So it's go- it's been lasting and going back and forth, as mm-hmm. the planets do from our viewpoint. Half the year they seem to be in retrograde, so their movement is a slow process. Mm-hmm. And it's going to carry through in that degree of two degrees, one degree, uh, until 2020. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, Uranus moves pretty slowly, and then because of the retrogrades, and I believe Uranus is going to move um, back into late Aries. Aries for a little while and then come back again. It will, yes. it will, and mm-hmm. those subjects we'll have conversation about. Well, we will take this moment to, and of course this all relates because Taurus goes back to Venus, so we right. are talking about Venus. Mm-hmm. This is Talk Cosmos with Sue Rose Minahan and Wendy Wyrett talking about the entrance of Venus into the Libra autumnal vernal autumnal equinox. Thank you very (laughs) much. We'll be right back. Oh, and you can call. That's right. Go ahead. We'll come right back. Oh, okay. That number is what is the number, Nathan? The number to call in will be 425-373-5527. Again, that's 425-373-5527. And we'll take those calls after this break. A friend in need is a friend indeed. Remember that, you Librans. (laughs) 
we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the Yang period of Libra, ruled duly by Venus. By leaving the lower hemisphere of the self, the energy of Libra enters the arena where the completed self meets the other than self to form a relationship based on partnership. As a cardinal air sign on the descendant angle, represented by the equinox of equal light, Libra's energy learns through comparison and relationships with the intention to integrate duality and polarities. Celebrate your star energy blessings. Schedule a natal astrology chart consultation with Talk Cosmos host, Sue Rose Minahan. You'll learn to better understand what personally fuels your soul's seed direction. Sue focuses on your questions to connect you into your unique heart's desire and your true soul path's birth essence. Just $125 for an hour and a half session about your life energies and significant current transits, including a recording and a copy of your chart. Schedule by emailing info at talkcosmos.com. That's info at talkcosmos.com. Hi, this is Liz Machette, astrologer, tarotist, Reiki master teacher, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk 1150 AM, where we discuss the meaningfulness of our roots in the stars. Hi again, Sue Rose Minahan and Wendy Wyrett in Seattle talking about Libra, the Venus, the equinox, equal light, and again, that number that you would want to call in, and we would love, of course, to talk to you, is 425-373-5527. See, it takes two. It takes, we're doing this, yes. <laughs> in the labor and partnership modality. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's teamwork. I love it. Mm-hmm. Well, you were going to bring up an inspirational thought. What was that? Well, as I was preparing for our talk today, um, I was just thinking so much about how, um, you know, Libra is about conscious equal partnership. It's about healing ourselves and our way of relating with other people. And um, just want to mention that Venus will be starting retrograde on October 5th, but it's already in the shadow of retrograde. And since Venus rules the fall equinox, um, we're already starting to deal with those retrograde issues. Um, so, you know, since right now at the fall equinox, Mercury and the sun are in Libra, which is all about issues of partnership. And we'll all be for the next three months having this theme about analyzing, thinking and talking about our our partnerships and also our relationships and our, our core values. We'll be reevaluating our core values uh, examining ways in which we may have overcompromised or self-sacrificed, or perhaps way th- that can be Libra or or Scorpio both, or in in a Scorpio way, per- maybe you've been too secretive. If there's an unbalanced aspect of Scorpio, sometimes it can be suspicious or jealous or secretive. But there's many many good qualities of Scorpio as well. Oh, obviously. Um, and so as your, um, I just wanted to offer the idea that um, there's help out there from the angels and from God and from whatever divine being that you work with. And so I would just like to offer this really simple idea that 
you you just pray or talk however you want to do it ask your guardian angel to help you to love yourself more every day or if you don't like that idea ask ask god or whoever your divine being is because i i sincerely believe that if if you truly love yourself in a healthy way you'll have the foundation the true inner strength and the courage to be able to examine yourself and how you relate to others um, to have uh, honesty with yourself because if you love yourself it's easier to accept our own faults right so my suggestion was to ask ask your guardian angel or god to to help you love yourself more every day and also you can ask to help you understand yourself more and be more honest with yourself every day about your own motives and and also remember that your feelings are valid, okay? A lot of us, many of us, including me, were trained that we had to be nice, which is sometimes the shadow side of Libra. We have to be nice and we have to make everything peaceful. Um, and we were, t- some of us, you know, were taught to hide and repress our, our intense feelings, including anger or sorrow or fear. And I just want to remind all of you that your feelings are okay, okay? That's part of being human, it's how we express them and what we do with them on the outside that matters. So I just want to suggest that you Google nonviolent communication and just remind you that if you truly love yourselves deeply and passionately, which could be a Venus in Scorpio, passion, intense mm-hmm. self-love, it's, it's going to help you to have constructive ways to, um, to relate with others in a, in, a, in a positive way rather than a con- counterproductive way. Many excellent points. And again, language is always one of those issues of personal discretion. Mm -hmm. So because energies, which the world is in every fashion, uh, remains a interpretation. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm stating this for those people that might have wonder how to interpret. But the message I, I agree with 100% because it goes back to the idea that we both, we both, the individual, each of us, contain energies of male-female. Mm-hmm. And, and it is that it had been brought out that Right now is so excellent. I mean, I'm mean, agreeing with you in maybe mm-hmm. a little different terms, expanding on it. Yeah, great. And that by recognizing that we may not have all the parts that are necessary. Right. And so that's why people go to others to get advice so that they can compare or learn. Mm-hmm. Or why a person joins with a, another individual because perhaps they have a strength in a way that we don't have. Mm-hmm. And there are times, and that's why people also go to maybe oracle cards or go to other that might have these messages of the unseen that they can interpret through understanding the formation or, or, or the balance of it. It's all to what works for the individual mm-hmm. even or in science. Mm-hmm. Even something as simple as going to therapy or a counselor or talking yeah. to a good friend, just talking things over. Right. It, 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 mm-hmm. So that you can even think about it with your own self. Mm-hmm. So that also gets to the point of seeing, which, which I agree with, if one recognizes that we are just like the ruler right now, it's Uranus in Taurus, which is spirit and matter. It mm-hmm. wants that unity. Mm-hmm. It wants these two forces within 
to work out and to be authentic. And to um, cooperate. Yeah, to to relate to one another and cooperate rather than feeling that you have to be high, high, high up in the heavens, ignoring your body, meditating 24-7. Separated. Or, right. We Not want separated. We want a u- reunion between like, spirit and body. Yes. Like the light. Yes, mm-hmm. like the equinox the says. Equal we are equal at the moment. We're going to mm-hmm. shift, of course. But yet that unity of just merging is going to produce a, a result, you mm-hmm. know, a season, another dynamic. So that would be where recognizing, I mean, I like that you brought this up because it is a shamanic and, well, what's referred to as shamanic these days, and Venus is in Scorpio, which is shamanic, is is Mm -hmm. recognizing. And like we we talked about earlier, I'm bridging this for those of you following me, that, that in Mesopotamia time, very early times, mm-hmm. these goddesses, Venus was related to fertility, you know, Absolutely. of life and death because vegetation and having and merging the, these, the productivity to have food, for instance, mm-hmm. basics. So now for us to realize that there are other powers of, of forces, you might say, of that we don't all understand and that we can work with. So by attracting to these, such as you expressed, can give us the answers. If Because even if we talk to somebody else, that's their person. That's mm-hmm. We have to understand there is a reason why we have our own body. You know, we are separate, mm-hmm. but yet we can not to follow, to use our own strength. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And, and so you can pray for for uh, wisdom, insight, knowledge, and understanding yes. to, to our own. We can all pray for that for our own issues. I like what you were saying about um, the super primal time of Venus because um, Venus used to be Inanna and Ishtar and that, you know, the goddess of life and death. And and uh, with the harvest, you know, sometimes the plants had to be cut down and, and die and sometimes you needed compost because death, death is such an important part of life because... The, um, you know, when the plants die and you compost them and then that fertilizes the new life. And so in the very, very primal times, Venus was the triple goddess, uh, Aphrodite of life, death and rebirth. And um, even Inanna descended into the underworld and and um, shed everything about her regular exterior personality um, and and um, in a very primal way, she she um, hung out there for three days and then was finally rescued and and came back transformed. So um, yeah, like the evening star and the morning star. Yeah, exactly. It is exactly. That, the cycle and and the reality and a way of expressing it that really mm-hmm. brings home a lot of concepts. Yeah, that the beginnings and the endings. Yeah, and it's very show. interesting because when Venus is invisible, she's actually conjunct the sun. But to us, she's invisible, and that was the time traditionally when they believed she was in the underworld, undergoing initiation ordeals. And the sun is so bright, it sheds light on our shadows. So I think that's a a great uh, metaphor for initiation, Um, um, you know, learning to face our shadow, which is the scariest part of us, the displaced parts that we don't want to accept. Which Uranus is going to 
bring out mm-hmm. <laughs> through shock or or clues for how we're going to want to mm-hmm, or surprises. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you want to talk any more about the Grand Square? Or do you think we pretty much covered it? The um, Mars is conjunct the south node, which is one of the destiny points, and opposite the north node, which is what we're all evolving toward. North node is currently in Leo. Creativity, um, loyalty. Well, I think that does bring to point some articles. Like, for mm-hmm. instance, here in Seattle Times, so because, again, you know, with those three charts that we're showing some real revolutionary concepts right now it is revolutionary uh, a process of revolutionary release of the true values Mm -hmm. what Iranis is going to do with one planet or another and it's involved very much in this this energetic exchange up there Mm -hmm. for instance on the September 22nd Seattle Times says why we stay silent after sexual assault just to have these conversations You know, with Mercury, for those of you that's right with the sun, it's eager to talk and Mm -hmm. and Venus, and and because it isn't just about the subjects that are coming up. It's like, why are we having these? We're having these in order to unearth. It's like Mm -hmm. from the hidden out in the open, so that we can begin to start new experiences. And as it had been brought up that. For instance, in Rwanda, and this is about male-female I'm talking about mm-hmm. because a lot of it gets to those values that we have within us and that we can operate through and that right now are in conflict and, and through the news and through everything. Mm-hmm. But in 1994, they had a genocide. And before that, well, after it, women could have bank accounts. Uh, they could speak. And there was no social fabric. And this was on a TV Netflix. And that Therefore, women were in government and ruled that they could have 30%, but instead there's 60% of the women now Mm. as a result. In Iceland, in 1975, it indicated there was a big protest there, you know, shortly after the 60s with Uranus and and Pluto conjunct, Mm -hmm. and that there they said that women could have maternity for three months, and in 86 it was six months, and in 2000 men too. That is so fabulous. Yeah, so men get to also. In fact, I was reading in the paper today about a man who's what he calls a fossil dad. I never heard of that oh, wow. term. Yeah, all these mm-hmm. new ways of expressing things because he's in his 50s, and he says it doesn't matter if you're in your 20s, you still ha- get to have time with your kid, but they mm-hmm. can't because their jobs aren't yet aligned he and his wife are teachers. Mm-hmm. So they both had to go back to work. But here in that article, it wasn't an article, it was a TV. Mm-hmm. But it was saying that this shift will begin with men, which is interesting. It's, it is that dialogue, that exchange, where the women are bringing it up, but the men who also recognize, because it's not really just women, it's men and women, mm-hmm. each of us, that have this, which you'll bring up with Taurus, I know, in a moment. Mm-hmm. But in other words, both are breadwinners. Both are caregivers. This politically correct business that mm-hmm. also comes up about the language, because some languages have male and female endings. Mm-hmm. Which, mm-hmm. Oh, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know 
what's right and wrong myself. It's the judgment part. It isn't really part of the equal energies. That's more of the solstice energies to come up with a determination like that of judgment. But the equinox does, it is a changing of the guards, I mm-hmm. would say, of light and dark at that moment of interaction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, the um, nights are going to start getting longer now. Right now, the nights and days are equal. So the word equinox means equal night. So the days and nights oh. are equal, the exact same amount of moments. And then st- moving forward, the dark will be increasing. And um, we all tend to want to, it gets colder out. We want to stay inside. We want to cuddle up. Sometimes we become more introspective in this part of the year. Yes. Well, and it helps, too, if you're going to have a relationship. More cozy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, mm-hmm. I was there was another article, looking at the newspaper, it's just flooded with ideas, and that is about food because it's getting expensive to go out, and so uh, the creative ways of, of cooking at home, and, of course, that's a great connective thing. But what yeah. about Tarnas? You, Richard Tarnas? That he oh. referred to, because we just listened mm-hmm. to him. Sue Sue and I were at a fabulous lecture by Richard Tarnas, who's an absolute genius, and please Google his books. His last name is spelled T-A-R-N-A-S. He has two fabulous books that you will love. So we heard... Psyche and Cosmos. Mm -hmm. Cosmos and Psyche. Mm -hmm. And the other was a Western... The Passion of the Western Western Mind. Mind. Mm -hmm. So we were so excited. Uh, We got to see him speak in person. He came up from the Bay Area, and he was talking about how um, when Jung was teaching, he came out of, he was raised in and came out of that patriarchal mindset at the time. So he said that solar energies are male and lunar energies are female. And Richard Tarnas explained that there's now been a movement within the Jungian community and the depth psychology community to realize that we don't no long we no longer have to have that kind of equation. The men can have a solar and a lunar masculine. The women can have a solar and a lunar feminine. And the book that talks about this is written by a depth psychologist named Howard Tyke, T E I C H, and the book is called Solar Light lunar light i'm writing that down right Mm -hmm. now i love it and we're just so we're both excited because it's it's going to help all of us understand and validate ourselves more it's a mainstream yeah it's new and more holistic way to all of for all of us to understand ourselves and others yes more inclusive yeah yes this soul growth venus in scorpio scorpio being what's hidden in order to transformational, mm-hmm. and for life, you know, to get rid of what's dead and not working, mm-hmm. and birth and life, and, and, and like the Mesopotamias. And I was looking at various mythology ideas, and one is at when Venus was called Aphrodite often. So for mm-hmm. folks out there, Venus and Aphrodite simultaneous, mm-hmm. but according to different times in that early history. And Aphrodite is more Mesopotamia, 
along with these other names that you had. But sometimes up. Italy as well. Surprisingly, I didn't oh. realize that. I thought it was only Venus in Italy. But when I was there, people would talk about Aphrodite oh, as well. So she, maybe it was pre-Roman Italy that she was called Aphrodite. That could be because mm-hmm. Aphrodite so. is everybody relates mm-hmm. to as a mm-hmm. goddess of love. Yes. along with it. And well, Aphrodite loved Adonis. Mm-hmm. The mortal. And because her little child, Eros, Cupid, happened to prick her with his little arrow. Arrow, yes, genealogy, kids and parents. <laughs> and so who did she lay eyes upon but Adonis? And mm-hmm. interesting, Adonis is also a god of fertility. Well, became mm-hmm. a symbol of fertility. Mm-hmm. And vegetation, yeah, And perhaps. very handsome and of the earth. Mm-hmm. And when you think of this whole relationship of, of between the love of earth and the love of life and, and, and these these parts and that. Well, of course, Adonis dies tragically. Mm-hmm. Um, Mars, as a matter of fact, killed him, not realizing it was Adonis because he was changed into a boar. Uh-huh. So it is this relationship again with nature and, and, and earth and our relationships and the deeper the deeper story of that is that um the boar is a very primal symbol of the goddess as a death goddess oh isn't that just a trip so um i don't know why she killed him but well she didn't it was they they were hunting uh-huh. and they were hunting the boars mm-hmm. and i think there are certain food staples at that time. Very true. I know that the boar, the wild pig, is all over the world. Mm-hmm. You know, and once they go feral, they, they're really predominant, and it's a good food source. Yeah, it's know? very common to eat it in Tuscany. And they can be wild. I mean, with their fang, with their Big and tusks scary, and, yes, yeah. yes. Because going mm-hmm. to Hawaii, you, you learn about, you know, they're in the hills there. Yes, and Venus morning Adonis was a reflection of the more ancient primal time when uh Inanna or Ishtar or Astarte would mourn for Tammuz. So it's a reflection. Well, Tammuz, isn't that the corn god? I think so, yeah. Yes, because I was reading this too. Vegetation and god. And corn, mm-hmm. I had not realized that corn really began, came from that area. Oh, I always think of okay. it here as the United States with mm-hmm. our Indian, po- the native Indian population. Mm-hmm. Corn is so predominant in all the, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on this continent. But it was there and that is a that's the name for Mm -hmm. the corn god so it's all fertility yeah the slain and dying god represents sowing the seed into the earth and then it's reborn as the corn grows back up or the wheat grows back up again so what happened too was when venus or aphrodite Mm -hmm. fell in love with little baby infant adonis because of his arrow couldn't help herself which is really essentially loving life the life of more fertility mm-hmm. and in order to have fertility you have to join in some fashion mm-hmm. so she gave the baby to persephone who is the goddess of the underworld which oh. is actually death mm-hmm. which is so interesting to think it, it, it life does this all the roots die and then they come back to life mm-hmm. but also from the immortal viewpoint it is this isolation of of not being grounded, maybe, mm-hmm. or thinking that something's going to be saved in this immortality of death mm-hmm. because the spirit comes back. Mm-hmm. But 
the point was, is of course, Persephone fell and didn't want to give up the baby. And then Zeus said, well, okay, half and half, live up half above and half below, which is again, mm-hmm. this whole theme earlier that later had to do with Persephone itself in many, mm-hmm. many, many fashions mm-hmm. of life and death and explains the seasons, explains why it gets cold and the plants and trees, leaves die, and then it comes back again when the, the um, when Tammuz or Adonis or Persephone returns in the springtime. Because somehow people were trying to understand their new relationship with the world. They'd left the nomadic world. They were really agriculture and, and having villages mm-hmm. and trying to and being grateful for life so it would return mm-hmm. the celebration the celebration of life mm-hmm. there are so many venus mythologies that one just lends into the other and trying to figure out really the essential value of it how it relates to us because it was their language that spoke just like a song, something mm-hmm. to us that people might think, well, what was that about if you really looked at the lyrics? But yet the themes and the song, everything spells out a whole message. Mm-hmm. And that's what mm, yes, the mythology relates to. Yeah, I'm reminded of, um, the uh, first of all, uh, Venice is named after Venus. The people, the, 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 the Venetians are the people of Venus, and it's called the City of Love. And it's a oce- you know, oceanic. It's a sea city. Um, it's a watery city. And she was born from the sea. Exactly. That's right. I mean, exactly. She, her relationship right now in the sky, and we have a few minutes left, so we can finish talking on this theme. Mm-hmm. Is is that because Venus right now is opposing Uranus? Uranus uh-huh. in Taurus, so that she's re- really relating to that energy. The two are trying to have a dialogue as they're looking in awareness of. In other words, we're looking at our awareness of what are our true values of earth and life mm-hmm. and, and the world, you know, through again and again, ecology, you know, this ocean's coming up. And so in that mythology, Gaia and Aronis were united, yeah. sleeping or united. In love, married, yeah. having children. Mm-hmm. And... The sky, I was just realizing, was unconnected, not grounded. So when he saw these, these children of one eye, the Cyclops and the monsters. And was, the Titans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, horrified. So he stuck them in the earth. Just, just stay there. Just buried them and hid them. Yeah. Just like people hide their shadow and yes. repress it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Until the last one, which was Cronus, which is time. So mm-hmm. from all of time, from no time, t- came up and effectively, we can say in some ways, castrated by stopping that process mm-hmm. of evolving. Yes. That, that enough was enough that now we had time and we were going into another dimension. And from that, there were, of course, repercussions. And on Earth, there were, on the hard Earth, there were furies that, and these other elemental ideas that were birthed. But in the water, leading up to from what you said, mm-hmm. was born Venus. Mm-hmm. In the classical mythology, that 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 action was what resulted in the birth of Venus, yeah, and the, she arose out of the foam and came to land. Yes, which is essentially rescuing a life with love. Yes, yes, it is. It's trying to remember that that we must have some heart. 
I mean, others archetypes. Leo, of course, is all heart. Mm -hmm. But this is heart for, and and nothing is isolated. Everything eventually has a relationship. But Mm -hmm. this is love for, and we're having to close here, love for other. Mm -hmm. Love and compassion. Yes, remembering that we're united. Mm -hmm. So I thank you, Wendy, next week. Thank you. (laughs) It's been wonderful. Mm -hmm. And next week we're having another guest that's been on, Rose Trimbach. And we will talk about more of Libra. And to remind people, too, that if you go to Talk Cosmos, I'm in the process of updating in a new dimension my website. So I am sorry to say it's not quite up to date with all of our speakers. We love having you. We're so glad to have your wonderful energy. And we'll be connecting. So thank you, Wendy Wybrot. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. to continue finding your roots in the stars. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.